Star Wars 7x7 episode 1192 coming at you on the road from a lovely cafe spot in Beverly Hills adjacent Southern California for the last podcast before I return to the studio in New Hampshire. But hey, we've got some New York Comic Con stuff to talk about. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Alvin Johnson with the 501st Legion, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host Alan Voivod and the dulcet tones you hear in the background is the sound of traffic going by, which I will try to reduce as much as possible when I go through the edit here, but hey, you know, you gotta record where you gotta record, and this is how it had to play out this time around. But We've got New York Comic Con stuff to talk about, as I mentioned at the top of the episode. So if you recall from yesterday's episode at the end, I'll let you know that there was a surprise at New York Comic Con. There was a traveling exhibit of costumes and props from The Last Jedi and some new stuff was debuted. And so this is the podcast where we're going to talk about all that new stuff. Probably the biggest thing that came out of New York Comic Con is the new information on Snoke's elite Praetorian Guard. So one of their helmets was on display and a card that went along with it described the guards themselves. And four different weapons were on display for the Praetorian Guard along with information about each of those. So here's what we know about the Praetorian Guard from New York Comic Con. Their little description said, The mysterious and fearsome figures known as the Praetorian Guard serve as Supreme Leader Snoke's personal protectors. Eight in total. All right, so there's a hard number here. Their features are completely hidden behind striking red armor meant to evoke memories of the Emperor's Royal Guard. So only eight of them. That's fascinating. I didn't know whether the Emperor's Royal Guard had any limit to the number of them. Obviously, we only see a couple of them at a time, but I'm sure there had to be more anyway. So there's eight to begin with, and four different weapons, and Electro Chain Whip, which is probably the most intriguing of them all. It says the Electro Chain Whip is one of the most unique weapons in their arsenal, able to function as a sword-like melee weapon or be shifted into a plasma laser whip, depending on combat style. Wow. I think that is probably going to be the most popular new weapon seen in The Last Jedi. I think that easily outstrips that claw thing that the First Order Stormtrooper Executioners have. They're also potentially carrying around, these First Order Elite Praetorian Guards are, long axes. It says they're high-tech versions of unpowered analogs found in primitive societies across the galaxy. The tempered blade of this long axe, or vibrovuls, V-O-U-L-S-E. I've never seen that word in my life. doesn't show up on Google anywhere, but apparently it's a long vibro axe. It says it connects to a compact ultrasonic generator that creates a high-frequency vibration across the cutting edge, increasing its deadliness. Ooh. And then we get to the swords, the single-blade sword and the double-blade sword. So the single-blade, it says, the curved blade paired with an electroplasma energy filament running along the blade's edge creates a devastating offensive attack. All right, good enough. And the guards using the double-blade sword says they're capable of adjusting fighting style mid-combat by splitting the two ends of their weapon to be dagger-like single blades. This makes elite Praetorian guards fiercely unpredictable in battle, capable of adjusting to any scenario instantly. Well, I would expect nothing less of the Praetorian guards, especially if they are modeled after the Emperor's Royal Guard, wouldn't you? And it does make you wonder, with just the occasional use of Praetorian by itself, whether these are actually, 
is this a species? We don't know who or what is underneath the helmet and inside the uniforms or anything like that. So that is another mystery yet to be revealed. We know it was humans or or enhanced humans possibly inside the Emperor's Royal Guard outfits. And they were also packed to the gills with weapons too. So yeah, we've got some interesting stuff to learn here. And then we have something that's sort of new, sort of not new with the First Order Flame Trooper helmet. And it says here, resistance fighters coined the terms roasters, hotheads, or burnouts to describe them. And I sense a trivia question in there eventually. It does say that they're feared for their ability to lay waste to the battlefield and flush out resistance entrenchments. So that seems like it could be a clue to the way that we might see flame troopers acting in The Last Jedi. And for what we know so far, it possibly seems like that would be employed on crate in whatever happens with that big battle that we're going to get to see. Then when we get into Kylo Ren's helmet, we find out that it was crafted to mask his visage and voice, concealing his identity as he delves further into the power of the dark side of the Force. So that in itself is intriguing. I'm sure it's also meant as a tip of the hat to dear old granddad, right? But the fact that he has to conceal his identity, I wonder how well known he is. Certainly Han Solo and Leia Organa are famous across the galaxy, but how well known was Ben Solo prior to uh, prior to anything, prior to going off with Luke to do any kind of Jedi training or anything like that? Like, what kind of celebrity was he? Was he hidden from public view or was he actually a known quantity? So with all of that, I gotta say props to Lucasfilm because they've managed to do what is a rather difficult task yet again, which is to impart new information while actually managing to have it raise more questions and incite more fodder for conversation and speculation about The Last Jedi. And that's going to cover it for the First Order side of the ledger. I'm going to take a quick break and come back with the new stuff about the Resistance after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, sw7x7.com. Welcome back. Alright, so there's more information about the Resistance Bomber, just a little bit more. The little thing for it said, now reinforced with new combat craft, the Resistance Fleet dispatches Haroi Bombers into battle with the First Order Fleet. Literally it says Haroi, H-A-R-O-Y. I don't know if this is a misspelling of heavy, if it was intended to be that and there's a typo in this thing, or if Haroi, H-A-R-O-Y, is a new corporation being revealed in the Star Wars universe, like say Incom, for example, that makes the X-Wing fighters. So that's another one that remains to be seen. And it does say that these munitions-laden carrier ships drop powerful proton bombs onto their capital ship targets. So curious to see when exactly they show up, what planet they are hanging out over when we see them in the teaser. So could be Crate, could be Dakar, could be something else. I don't know. I don't think it's Dakar. It doesn't seem like they would get there fast enough before the First Order came hunting after them, but maybe they could. Maybe it's a race against time to defend the evacuation. We'll see. And then we get a description for the 
mouthful here, Resistance Cruiser Bridge Guard Blaster Rifle. So a guard on the bridge of a Resistance Cruiser. It says that they are most commonly used in the days of the New Republic. This EL-16 HFE rifle design is outdated by the time of the First Order Resistance conflict. However, resourceful Resistance fighters are forced to use what was available to them, outmoded as it may be. Just a little thing new there, nothing earth-shattering, anything like that. I think the most fascinating one is possibly the one that imparts no new information at all and makes you wonder about the reason why it's done the way it's done. It's the one for Finn's backpack and resistance blaster rifle. It doesn't have any new information about the equipment at all. It just has a quote from Finn. It's his mini monologue from The Force Awakens where he tells Rey, uh, you know, he comes clean. He says why he's trying to go off with Captain Quigle and get back to the Outer Rim and running away from this whole conflict where he says, I'm not resistance, I'm not a hero, I'm a stormtrooper, I was bred to do one thing, but, you know, I'm running, I'm never going back, like that that monologue. That's the only thing that accompanies the description of the backpack and blaster rifle, that quote. And I think this is indicative of the fight that's going on inside Finn. I mean, he didn't want to go to Starkiller Base. Like, he did it because of Ray, because he felt an obligation of some kind, like a moral obligation to rescue her. But beyond that, he has no commitment to the Resistance whatsoever. So when he wakes up, I mean, we know he goes on a mission for the Resistance, but... Yeah, I don't know that he is totally and completely committed to the cause yet, and I think this might be a flag for us that his, you know, his falling on one side of the fence or the other or just avoiding the fence altogether might be a very important plot point within The Last Jedi. And that right there is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to go catch an airplane. I'm going to go head back to the studio in New Hampshire, and I'll be coming at you there from Monday onward. So take care. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go jumping out skyscraper windows, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a shapeshifter, it's Destiny Unleashed. is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.